Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding TV, a podcast about television. I am David Chen, and we have a special treat for you today, a discussion about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I'm here with two awesome guests. She is a pop culture host and author of The Art of Psychonauts 2, Ashley Eskeva. Welcome back to Decoding TV. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm just glad I get to talk about another uh, special special presentation from the Marvel yes, Cinematic Marvel Universe. Yes, Marvel special presentation. <laughs> uh, joining us also, he has been my regular partner in crime since this last summer on Decoding TV. He's a film critic at IGN. His work can also be seen at the New York Times and Vulture. Sithanth Etlaka. How are you, yeah. how you doing, man? Good, good. Thank you for having me. I'm in a, I'm in a very Christmassy mood. All right. Well, let's get to it. Uh, We are here to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which is available on Disney+. Plus. Let's hear a clip from the trailer for the show. I just saw on the calendar that right now on Earth, it's almost Christmas time. We don't have time for trivialities like Christmas. But Peter's so sad about Gamora being gone. We go to Earth for a really wonderful Christmas gift. It would make him happy. That was from the trailer for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I should point out we are going to spoil this holiday special starting now. So um, if you haven't watched it yet, you you may not want to listen to this. Siddhanth, you have something to say, it seems like. I would just like to point out for those uh, only listening to this and not watching it on video, that Ashley and I were nodding along to the jingly tunes of this trailer uh, in a very fun manner while David was just being his grumpy, grinchy self. <laughs> Thank it's you. True. Thank, it's thank true. You, thank you for providing people that visual aid uh, in You're their welcome. head. So I appreciate that. So, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Here is the extremely vague marketing-y summary of the plot on IMDb. Star-Lord, Drax, Rocket, Mantis, and Groot engage in some spirited shenanigans in an all-new original special created for Disney+. Plus. Now, uh, we're going to spoil the show, but I guess I'm just, I'm curious before we get into it, like, real quick, one sentence or less, is this something you think people should watch? Ashley Eskeva. Uh, okay. If you <laughs> love the Guardians of the Galaxy, I would say yes. And James Gunn has said it is required viewing for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm. I would agree with him. This is a very long sentence and <laughs> therefore, but it is also, a, I've seen extremely polarized responses to it and we'll dig into that. But for me, yes, I think if you love the MCU and Guardians of the Galaxy, you should definitely watch this and enjoy it. Siddhanth Atlaka, your thoughts? Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, look. A study in contrast. <laughs> Look, and I don't mean this as a pejorative. This is a 40-minute special made for babies. 
and it is a delight. <laughs> it's it's fun. It's you know inoffensive. It's silly. It's whatever. Uh, I did not have a bad time watching it. I may even say I had a pretty good time watching it. So um, you know whether or not you care about Marvel continuity. Um, you know, there are worse ways to spend 40 something minutes of your time this holiday season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was fine. Here are some good things about I, I, I thought it was fine. And if you're like a Marvel diehard, I think you'll have a great time. It is yes. very, very slight. Like it is even slighter than I thought based on the 40 minute runtime. Um, it feels pretty inessential in my opinion, although maybe it's not. Um, I disagree but, on two points mm. with that, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. But I said I, like, literally ooh. fifteen yeah, yeah. words, and Ashley disagrees with at least two of them. I disagree. I disagree. Like, there's there's one thing specifically in yeah. particular I think is kind of, and I, it's like the big sort of big reveal close yeah, to the beginning. Yeah. So like, let's, like so, that's the thing. So we'll talk about spoilers starting right now. But uh, I, I will start by saying a few things I liked about the special. Right. Um, first of all, I thought the music was good. Mm-hmm. So I thought good. There, there's a couple songs in the special and. Hey, these are fun songs, good music, good songs, creative, um, fun to listen to. So, yes, enjoy the soundtrack. The second thing is I think that the Marvel Cinematic Universe suffers from a significant lack of Marvel superheroes doing everyday normal human things mm-hmm. <laughs> or like mm-hmm. engaging in Earth-related rituals, um, of which Christmas is one of many. And uh, it's nice to be able to see that happen uh in an mcu tv show uh even in you know like even in most of the other mcu tv shows uh it's hard to find that happening like um one division would be an example of like yes okay technically she was engaging in like regular household domestic stuff but there was something else underneath going on they went trick-or-treating they did go trick-or-treating it's true i mean did (laughs) but okay here's a question ashley did they though but did they they yeah was it really? <laughs> is it really trick or treating I mean, if you're psych- psychically controlling your children everyone? Children are projections. Um, yeah, and yeah, children I, are psychic knows? projections. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I so I like that component of it as well. Um, and even in a forty minute, uh, forty minute, like it's a romp. Spe- especially it's a romp. It's, a, it's, a, it's a romp, and there's like um, there's an action scene in which like the police get walloped randomly, and I'm just like, whoa, like. That's weird to just throw in there. But anyway, it's it's fun. It's fairly inconsequential. It has its heart in the right place. Ashley, what are some of the specific things you liked about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? I, I really loved that it focused on Drax and Mantis. Uh, I am very tired of Star-Lord and his mopiness. So I was very glad that this holiday special, I mean, it was about him, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about their sort of journey. And then we got to see, you know, a little craglin. We got like, I liked that it was more about uh, the spirit of the season as opposed to, uh, you know, sort of a, it did not feel like a vehicle for volume three. Like it feels like that reveal that, you know, are we, we're full and full, yes, spoiler full spoilers. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So the reveal that Mantis is, uh, Peter Quill's sister, like she's her half sister, yeah. half sister is like, that's really cool. And I think that that's kind of a critical piece of the guardians puzzle. It's like a big change in the MCU, but like in their cinematic form, like this is a really good, like interesting thing. And so for me, like, I really liked that. And I thought, that they did uh, exactly what they should have done with this, which is, uh, again, like they made a very 
light, uh, almost, you know, transparent, like just very breezy little scarf of a Christmas special. And the thing is, is most great Christmas specials are all built upon a, <laughs> a Pringle chip, if you will, of nothingness. And so it's like, I mean, it doesn't need to be end game right it just doesn't have to be that it's a christmas special it's a holiday i'm special. loving all the ways you're visually evoking the special like it's a it's a handkerchief it's a of yeah it's just it's a, some it's a it's a, it's a lovely it, piece of christmas tinsel fluttering uh, yeah, in the it's wind a, it's, it's lovely to look plastic at bag yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> imagine a plastic bag in the uh in the breeze of the ocean if yeah. you will it's very similar <laughs> to that but it's like yeah it, that, that's what it is it's like it's just this like little wispy thing that is entirely enjoyable and very consumable um but ultimately not you know if, if you are you know a diehard mcu fan who's looking for a real genuine sort of like if you just got out of Wakanda forever and you're going to go see this, you may feel let down is what I'm getting at. It's like, you may be like, wow, this was like a little bit of fluff. That is nothing. Mm -hmm. A little bit, a little bit different tones. Slightly. Yeah. Between Wakanda forever and guardians. Uh, of the I mean, they both are dealing with loss in very different ways. And so um, (laughs) that's the only connective tissue I can find there. So yeah, but yeah, I like that. And I did like the whole, like, you know, tying it back to Kevin Bacon from the first movie. And like, there were a lot of great little Easter eggs. Um, I do have a question about, do you guys think that at the beginning of every new MCU project, Kevin Feige is like, hey, so uh, here's a list of some um, some MCU holes that like we need to retcon some stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, And here's just a list. And if you feel like you can get to a couple of these, like that's great. Like if you feel like you can fit those in the story somehow, that would be really cool. Because it feels like <laughs> I know that in Ms. Marvel, there was some discussion about uh, people at, AvengerCon wearing Drax and Mantis costumes and how like how would how would Earthlings really they would not know about the Guardians of the Galaxy like they would not know about Drax and Mantis like how why would they be wearing those costumes mm-hmm. like what what is that and so this well, well, totally uh, uh, retcons that and like sends them to Earth and gives them something to do where people would be aware of them like they have an awareness of them so so this points to one of the biggest issues I have with the MCU in general and also specifically this thing is how famous are the Avengers really right like theoretically everyone knows about that whole portal scene from Endgame like that has been discussed yeah this is like lore this is like myth and legend that will be passed down for for millennia right right. like I mean because it's kind of a big deal half of the earth disappeared so (laughs) theoretically people know about the Avengers and they yeah. know about, you know, like, because, because we've seen, um, and they've seen news stories. I mean, I'm sure they've seen news stories. They've got news you stories. Know. I think in multiverse of madness, like you, you see like what every quote unquote, everyday people think, think of, of a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they recognize like people know who that's a, that's is Ant-Man and, or yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Exactly. exactly. They're it, famous. They are right. famous. She, when she Hulk, we saw the same thing. Go ahead. Sit down. What were you going to say? Was it on a recent show? Am I imagining this or was it on a recent show that they, uh, said or depicted the fact that that final endgame battle was like shown in some way or was that i think that may have been like a separate plan i think never mind i think there was originally a plan to have like oh news drones or something filming the whole thing but i think what it turned out what they ended up using was like 
Scott Lang's podcast, Ant Man's podcast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So right. Scott, that is a good point. Scott, but, Scott Lang's podcast has, has spread, but but uh, is that, has <laughs> that already happened? Phenomenon. It's big, yeah. it's bigger than cereal. I, <laughs> although, although I think it's simple enough to assume that. Yeah, you know, the Guardians, they were on Earth for a minute and maybe, you know, people got a glimpse of them at some point. Yeah. Uh, but I think it it just really comes down to the fact that in that Miss Marvel scene, the extras were just told, hey, you know, show up in Marvel cosplay with with no yeah. real specifics as to who or why. <laughs> but, but people uh, get but really actually, specific about, about yeah, that. They're just yeah. like, oh, people, they should not know who these people are. Like, this is, you know, wild. And they leave right after Tony Stark's funeral. The Guardians yeah. take off. So think about think about Boba Fett. You know Boba no. Fett. He was like I in like not to think about Boba he, he was like in like he was like in like three minutes of the original trilogy, and like I know. he became like legend after like and people went down, talking about Boba Fett for de- literally decades. Went down after. like a punk. I talk. I talk about <laughs> yeah. this. Let me tell you, this is like one of the wedges in my marriage. Like Boba Fett is a hmm. real thorn in my side because wow. my husband saw Star Wars when he was a kid, like in the theaters. And he's like, yeah, I just thought Boba Fett was so cool. I really wanted the action figure with the, you know, jetpack and everything. And I was just like, how can you, how can you love a character that just like died like a punk? Like he just like he's worthless. Like wow, <laughs> Ashley, like he, you and I, I have just met, so but I need email. to, I need to high five you through the We're screen. High five. Because <laughs> the best thing about Boba Fett is that he dies like an idiot. Is that he dies yeah. like a, like a two bit. <laughs> bounty honey punk like mm-hmm. i'm sorry like i'm sorry yeah. to all the boba fett apologists in the world but like fet no <laughs> all right um so, so open question <laughs> about how much people know about the guardians of the galaxy when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Siddhartha Laka, I'm curious, like, what did you like about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special to the extent that you liked it? Um, at this point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I, I, I like that it wasn't overly concerned with, like, crossover lore and multiverse stuff. And all of that can be fun. Like, I think, you know, I, I enjoyed uh, the new Spider-Man and Doctor Strange movies plenty, but it wasn't because multiverse. It was because of that stuff done well. Um, but... Yeah, I, I I think it knows what it wants to be. It feels like, on one hand, it feels like it was made in a weekend. Uh, yes. Where, you know, just a bunch of friends getting together and having really expensive yeah. fun. 
James um, Gunn has indicated that he wrote the script in uh, several hours, I believe. Is that makes opinion. sense. Yeah. Which that totally feels adds reasonable, up. though. Yes. I have to be honest. Like, if you've been thinking about it for a while, you think about all the hours he spent, like, walking around in life, like, for years, probably thinking about this, like, doing a holiday special thing, mm-hmm. though. Those are mm-hmm. also, I add those hours into writing time. Okay, fair enough. Fair and enough, but, yeah. I think the the look that it has, which was very Avengers 2012, not just because of the aspect ratio, because of the fact that it was, and because of the fact that it was like, it was just overlit, like nobody's business, but it's a Christmas special. So that kind of works. It's like, all right, let's just make this, you know, bright and artificial looking. Um, and yeah, I, I, I like when James Gunn is sincere. I don't always gel with a sense of humor. It feels very Nickelodeon with swear words thrown in. <laughs> Um, this one, there weren't, there wasn't as many, uh, you dick nozzle, you douche bucket and like these, you know, made up insults, uh, because, you know, this is for kids, so it's fine. Um, so there was much more sincerity than there was like, aha, I'm going to be an edgy teenager forever. Um, it's weird to me that it's for kids, but the main plot is about how they are going to get Kevin Bacon, who I, I don't know how Look, hot Kevin Bacon is with the kids these days. You but, know? But, but here's the thing. Like, <laughs> yes, but also, sorry, I thought you were going to say like, oh, it's not cool that they made something about kidnapping Kevin Bacon. Specifically. No, that's that's normal. That's, <laughs> Kidnap, totally normal for <laughs> yeah. kids. Whatever, it's yeah. fine. It they has the word kid mean. right in it. I, <laughs> I have no rebuttal to that. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, Kevin Bacon is in this for the sake of Gen X nostalgia. And, you know, James Gunn is allowed to do that because he does it decently well, I think. Right. Um, and also, also, Kevin Bacon... Go ahead. I was going to say, can I also just argue that what a great opportunity for kids who have grown up with Guardians of the Galaxy to finally, like, see who Kevin Bacon is? Because yeah. they, they probably are like... Oh, that's like, you know, you hear it like maybe when you're seven years old or whatever, seeing like Guardians or, you know, you're 10 years old, you see Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time. And then now it's like, oh, man, like, oh, that's Kevin Bacon. Like, oh, well, like it's that's a I would imagine as a kid that would be like so exciting to me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I like I tried to think about how I would feel about this had I seen Guardians like in my tweens or like, you know, like late childhood and then. And then now seeing it as like sort of a 18 year old adult or whatever, it's just like I've, it feels like a thing like I would have really enjoyed, like that sort of yeah. tying the threads together, but in a very uh, straight line. It's not, you know, too complicated. It's not yeah. complicated. It's just very simple. And and not to reduce Kevin Bacon's identity, but it in in this context, he's a Marvel Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, He's I mean, Marvel also, like, MacGuffin. Yeah. And like, because when was the last time Kevin Bacon was in something, you know, ostensibly mainstream? And of course, now, you know, mainstream isn't something like Footloose. Now mainstream is something like superhero movies. And he did well, one of them a decade ago. What I think is interesting is that um, we know that there are mutants in the Marvel universe, right? I think the word mutant was mentioned. Was it in She-Hulk or was it something else recently, right? Like Ms. Marvel. Um, Ms. Ms. Marvel, Marvel and you know, Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever, yeah. Wakanda, the, you know, there's mutants in the MCU. So at some point, they're going to introduce the idea of, you know, the X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which raises the question, who is Sebastian Shaw in the MCU X-Men Cinematic Universe? Because Sebastian Shaw was played by 
Kevin Bacon in the film X Men First Class. There's also a big Lebowski reference in Endgame, yes. Uh, yes. which is a movie that stars Iron Man. And in the first Iron Man movie, uh, who plays the villain? Uh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like it when so, I, I like to like tie that into multiverse stuff, right? It's like this is, <laughs> just, that, this is like the sort of like bl- this is the blanket upon which we just uh, stamp out any sort of like weird plugs. Ah, it's, it's multiverse, multiverse. Yes. Multiverse. No. F- fair. Fair. But but yeah. Um, I want to know when we're going to get a GoBots MCU movie now. Yes. Because the GoBots are the existence now part of the, of the GoBots MCU. has has been acknowledged. I'm going to put this out there, Ashley. Um, I find this kind of stuff off-putting. <laughs> when I say when I say that, like they introduce the idea of Kevin Bacon, but they are relying extremely heavily on your knowledge of Kevin Bacon. Having seen at to, least to, having seen Guardians One. Uh, well, not even beyond that. I, I think I think you need to know who the significance of Kevin so? Bacon. I think I so. Like, I think just to know that Kevin Bacon is really significant to star lord is like that is the required knowledge all like, right i don't think I, you need any other knowledge other than like that's that this guy is like very significant to star lord mm-hmm. uh sure but yeah the, but the, and i guess that he's an earth actor but like I, I guess i'm trying to imagine if they if it was kevin blahdy blah you know like and there was just some oh, random guy, like would i don't think the movie would feel this like it's relying on your associations with kevin bacon to really be meaningful at all and i i just don't like that i don't in general don't like movies that lean on like a bunch of metatextual knowledge for you to get the most out of it Ooh, you're gonna hate 80 fair. for brady <laughs> you're gonna hate 80 for brady what's 80 for brady i don't know don't worry, yeah, don't worry about it let's move on don't worry about it um so i think that that's a really good point. And I, I do think that we have an over-reliance on metatextual information. Like, I, I do. Um, but in this case, I think it is maybe, I think maybe it feels more metatextual to people who know who Kevin Bacon is. And I think it would not matter to, like, younger sort of kids who don't, who have no concept of Kevin Bacon. It's like, okay, so... In Christmas Vacation, which is one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies, they kidnap, Eddie kidnaps Clark's boss. And it's like, we don't, like, that, we know that that's a significant character that he's really mad at, but, like, you don't need, like, to sort of know that information is fine, but also, like, if he had just offhandedly mentioned the boss, like, you see him in the movie, but it's just, like, it feels like, it doesn't have to be, even if he had said, oh, like, you know, there's a, there's a hero on earth and his name is Kevin, uh, you know, Kevin Donahue. And he's yeah. a Starbucks barista who say like, he was a Starbucks barista who saved mm-hmm. my life. And like, all we need to know is that that's like a significant person in his life to, to act as a vehicle for what happens in this movie. It's just extra meta that it happens to be like, a 1980s uh super you know megastar movie yeah, star yeah so i to but, me it feels like as the older the older generations like elder millennials gen x like that that group yes it feels very metatextual like it's an extremely meta thing but it's like that sort of added and you get a little added layer of enjoyment because you have a deeper understanding of who kevin bacon is uh yeah f- fair enough you know maybe it would work completely I- i've just seen a lot of these things where it's like 
it's it's a person in real life and it relies on your understanding of it but you know it's it's you possible feel like a child yeah. would not would enjoy this less not knowing who kevin bacon is i guess is the question 100 percent, and also they, that they wouldn't enjoy it. yes they would enjoy it less they're enjoying so it less because they don't know by that but really? also but also the show does try to give you or the special does try to give you like a speed run of kevin bacon's career when they yes. like are like <laughs> You know, when you save the thing in Apollo 13 or the blah, blah, you know, like they start naming his various roles in real life movies. Um, the, uh, the only other thing I'll say about the this special that I, I wasn't a huge fan of is like there's this idea of the, the, the fundamental reason we watch these kinds of specials is when the person changes their mind from I'm going to be a grinchy, sad person to... Uh, hey, I'm caught up in the spirit of Christmas. Let's do this thing. And uh, I just felt like there wasn't enough there for that moment to happen for me. Like, and there was a, there's a lot of like great territory to mine there. Like, um, a lot of stuff has happened in in MCU and the Guardians of the Galaxy. But it basically boils down to that speech that Kevin Bacon has with I think James Gunn's brother, right? Um, Good old Craglin. Craglin, yeah. And it's like, yeah, like. Uh, and then he's like, okay, I'm staying here and I'm going to celebrate the, you know, and it's just like, that is the moment that these things build up to, right? Like every, that's the purpose of watching a special like this is for that moment. And it just felt a little bit too, you know, quick for me personally, but yeah. What do you think? And there is another moment kind of like that where, you know, Yondu in that animated bit sees the gift yeah. in the trash and then he changes his mind. But it's not connected to the main plot. So I'll give yeah. you that. Uh, I think the reason you unfortunately don't have something like that in this is because we're following Drax and Mantis, um, two characters right. who have no connection to Christmas whatsoever and aren't really opposed to it. Like from the beginning, they're doing this. <laughs> because like, sounds cool. Yeah, they're they're very pro-Christmas. So um, (laughs) there's no real room for that. So I think that's where maybe the special could have been like one of them is more enthusiastic than the other or something like that. But So I I can gel with that point. It does feel like Drax should have been more annoyed with the concept of Christmas. Like Mm -hmm. because he's so literal. Um, I do argue that like there are two different types of Christmas movies that like the first one is that the Grinch that comes around, but then the other one is sort of a more gift of the Magi, like misguided gift giving type thing where it's like everybody kind of like learns a lesson about like not like it's sort of that like misguided effort at Christmas spirit that never Mm -hmm. works out the way you thought it would. Mm -hmm. Um, and everybody learns to enjoy the holiday even after it seems like everything's been ruined. Like that sort of is also, a, you know, right. it's like kind of a flip side of that same kind of coin where you don't necessarily need a Grinchy character, but a lot of times there is one. Um, but it does feel like maybe, uh, you know, I think for me to look at Drax and Mantis as, a, you know, as a viewer, like if if the audience is putting themselves into Drax and Mantis's eyes, it's like they're children learning about Christmas, mm-hmm. right? So it's like mm-hmm. it's sort of this like misguided giving. They don't really understand what it is, so they sort of mess it up, and um, and then someone has to sort of like you know like it has to be fixed, right? It's like the mess they made has to be fixed. Yeah. So it feels like that to me, like in that way, it was successful, and it also feels like. You know, everybody came to have a good time. So it felt like maybe, you know, maybe Gunn didn't feel like he wanted to have that type of character because you kind like like you're saying, Sid Hunt, it's like you kind of have that in Yondu, like in the cartoons, mm-hmm. but it's like it's not actually happening. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um 
But it, it, it's interesting to me to kind of think through like what's interesting. Why I think the conversation is worth having is like to think about like as you said, Ashley, what is the structure of a con- conventional Christmas special? Yeah. And how does the MCU try to use it? Yeah. And here it's a little bit. Um, muddled because you have the Yondu animated stuff too and then also Drax and Mantis don't really know about Christmas they're just right. generally okay with it that said as you point out actually one of the big reveals right is that uh, Mantis is a half sister of Star-Lord and apparently that is going to be the important fact that carries forward into the next yeah. uh, the next uh, Guardians I mean, of the Galaxy movie the fact that you know Rocket finally has the arm I think yes. that's also <laughs> just I, very delightful, critical. If I may, I think it's, you know, it's fine that this piece of information has come up and they've had a conversation about it and maybe it'll be important going forward. I always just assumed that it was like understood, like that they also understood it. And I, cause, cause to me, when, when it, when they start bringing it up as like this hush, hush secret, I thought, wait, did, wasn't there a whole movie about this? <laughs> I, I had no, like either I missed it or like, I just didn't into it it but i like i was like oh that's that's interesting like that's an interesting way to do it and um i'm i'm glad they did it in this because like i don't i'm hoping in guardians 3 it's like it feels like a detour now we don't need to make like i don't want it to feel really Mm -hmm. over stuffed and it does feel like there's a lot of information dumping happening in like phase four and beyond where it's just like, Oh, and we have to just cram all of this with like as much as we can, because we know what's coming down the road. And so like, here's all these little bits and pieces of things that we need you to know so that you can, you know, remember it for the next one. So I'm kind of hoping that like, this is a nice way to sort of, you know, for no total pun intended to sort of put a bow on it and be like, okay, that's a piece of information you should know so that you understand their relationship better in the third, in the, in volume three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is kind of a function that these MCU TV special presentations can serve is like helping to give you stuff that, so that when maybe there's going to be like a big emotional scene between star Lord and Mantis in in guardians volume three, you know, and like People now like, we have like from? some, some track laid for that. So yeah. yeah. anyway, any other thoughts on the guardians of the galaxy holiday special? Like, I, I guess, like, I have articulated why I don't like things like Kevin Bacon. And this is this is not the only special to do stuff like this, you know, where they bring, like, a real-life person in. Um, but, I, you know, for me, it limits how universal something can be. For Ashley, it really worked. Any Anything else about the special that we want to mention? You, you We already mentioned the kind of MCU implications. Mantis is Star-Lord's half-sister. Um, Rocket Raccoon now has the Winter Soldier's arm. Uh, maybe that will come into play later. I hope it does. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anthony, any other thoughts? Yeah. Um, I'm not really a big fan of the way they've been handling Star-Lord, just because it feels like between this and uh, the Thor movie he appears in, uh, that he's just become like this straight-faced, you know, just super serious character. And I get why. Like, they explain it as, oh, he misses Gamora. That's fine. But it just feels like such a big hop and a skip it it's not you know development we actually get to see and that's a big problem with a lot of marvel stuff that um you know these big things happen between movies uh and you don't really get to see them whereas you know in the comics if you know between one big event and another big event you know there's a big change you actually get to see it in like those in between individual issues um but on the plus side you know (laughs) star lord isn't a huge part of this even though it's all about him um 
the bigger part of the special is Kevin Bacon, who I think is immensely charming. And even if, you know, um, younger audiences aren't familiar with him, I think this is a good introduction to him. Um, because, you know, anything he shows up in, I think he makes better. And I'm glad he got to sing in this as well, because, you know, his his band with his brother, the Bacon Brothers, it's a surprisingly fantastic band. I saw them uh, perform a few months ago. They performed Footloose, which was great. Um, so, yeah, put, put Kevin Bacon in more MCU things. Why not? <laughs> Fair enough. I wondered if that was part of the contract is like, hey, Kevin was, Bacon, we want you to be in. And Kevin Bacon's like, OK, but I got to yeah. sing in it. You know, but what and if I like, could sing in it? You know, I, I the one that thing, that's one thing I think I appreciate a lot about James Gunn is that he remembers people and he takes care of actors who have worked with him for a really long time. And mm-hmm. he loves to raise the profile of you know, people that he is a really big fan of, you know, like Steve Agee and Peacemaker has been working for ages and and has never really gotten a break the way that he did in in Peacemaker. And I think that that is, you know, it's a real testament to how James Gunn works as a director and a writer. Mm. Um, You know, he he has people like Rooker have stuck with him for many, many years and been in almost every project because of that. Like, and I think that that's, you know, a critical thing. It's that like, you know, it's Kevin Bacon because James Gunn loves Kevin Bacon and wants the whole world to also love Kevin Bacon. Mm -hmm. And I, I I can appreciate that. He gave us all he he's given us all a rejuvenation a, a refreshed sense of appreciation for Kevin Bacon for the holidays. And I think we just can't, we can't overlook that. We can't overlook that as a true gift. Yeah. <laughs> I just remembered, I just remembered that, yeah, he was in, he was in James Gunn's movie super, right? Yeah. And have they done anything else together? I know. I, Cause I, well, super was like the thing that sort of, that was like the calling card, right. That got yeah. him into the world of superhero movies. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he's he really does remember people that he has worked with for a really long time. And like and I that's such a critical part of his process that I, I think that it's important, like for me anyway, it's like that's a thing that I always remember as like context for James Gunn, uh, any James Gunn project. Yeah. And and I'll say this, I think it's it's good that, you know, younger viewers and let's say let's say Gen Z specifically uh, will get uh, this as, you know, a big look into Kevin, ba- a big look at Kevin Bacon, because if I recall the last like Gen Z marketed project that he was in was They Slash Them earlier this year, which was mm. horrendous. And so I, I hope this <laughs> like supplants that as like Kevin Bacon for Gen Z. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, I don't know that this fully displays Kevin Bacon's skills, but uh, I, I, your point is well taken, Sidon. Your, your point is well taken. So, all right, folks, I think that's it. Unless there's anything else to say about uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, but this has been a lot of fun yeah. uh, discussing it with you both. This is the first time the three of us have done a show together. You know, trying out different permutations, and uh, I really appreciate you both hopping on to, to chat about it. So, uh, I, I, I until- do have one last thing to say. Yes, what's up? Look, the MCU has introduced Thor, Odin, Zeus, Hercules. There has to be room to introduce Santa Claus as a real thing. Like, this is a severe missed opportunity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It should be, it should be uh, the Violent Knight Santa Claus, though. Yes. It should be David Harbour's Santa Claus. <laughs> and, he um... should fight, and he should fight Blade, actually. That's, yeah. 
Kevin Feige, I'm waiting for my phone call. I just want you to know <laughs> I will write that movie. No problem. Was um, Santa Claus mentioned in this this uh, special? Yeah. Uh, as yeah. In that opening song, as like, yes. oh, he, you know, is a master lockpicker or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the the oh, hilariously misguided, uh, you know, thoughts of an alien yeah. musical group you're, you're singing saying about Santa. You actually want to meet the character of Santa, like, Wouldn't on screen great? somehow, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone else really, he's just a mutant. What if he's yeah. just a mutant? <laughs> Mutant and his power is sliding down chimneys. His power yeah. is to turning yeah, into a rectangle. Himself, yeah, well, so sliding get, yeah, sliding yeah, down, down chimneys and slowing down time so slowing he can visit time. every yes. every family's house. You know? Yes. I mean, guys, I I think we've cracked it. Actually, I think Santa is a is a mutant. <laughs> We're I think literally he be the, the first people to ever suggest such a thing. A hundred percent. I'm sure there's so. no one's ever mentioned it on the internet. Indeed. Ashley Eskeva is a pop culture host and author of The Art of Psychonauts 2, forthcoming. Ashley, yes. thanks for chatting today. Thanks for having me. And Siddhanth is a film critic whose work can be seen at IGN, The New York Times, and Vulture. Siddhanth, thanks for chatting as usual. Thank you for having me. You can find more episodes of this podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com. Email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of the special. And find us on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, at decodingtv. Uh, until next time, we will see you later. Goodbye. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.